Everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Untitled Jeff Gluck Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Gluck, and I'm here with Jim Peltz from the Los Angeles Times, who's trying not to crack up as I do my <laughs> intro. Jim, how are you? Jeff, it's great to see you. Great to be here. Yes, I'm, I'm so happy you're here. So happy that you could do this. Um, we're sitting in a suite overlooking the racetrack right now. It's kind of emptying out. We st- it, This was somebody's suite during the race, and we just stolen it for our purposes. So it looked like probably a good time was had in here i don't know <laughs> well we had a good time anyway we so. had a good time did we so let's let's talk about that all right go ahead. okay so did, did we have a good time today i mean it was okay i think i th- actually think we were kind of like robbed all of us everybody that came to this race today because it there's always going to be this nagging question now of yeah okay you know martin truex jr had this great great race car he won by over 11 seconds but damn don't you wonder how kevin harvick could have done Absolutely. But the, the, the biggest surprise to me is that this race in the last few years uh, has always seems commonplace that there's a late caution. So no matter who's doing what for three quarters of the race, there always is this sort of sinking feeling. There's going to be cautions at the end and that's going to jumble everything up. And that's the funny thing about Fontana is when it's green, it can be a very boring track, but it has those cautions at the end. And then when there are restarts at Fontana, it's there's no more fun to be had in NASCAR. So every I think uh, the fans probably were hoping for one of those, and it didn't happen much to uh, Truex's happiness. Well, you know, it's it's kind of funny, this whole thing. It's, it's been such a trend recently in NASCAR where there used to be these debris qu- cautions, right. and I'm putting quotes in the air, where NASCAR looked for any excuse to bunch things up late. And there's been some here. I remember, wasn't it the year Kurt Busch was leading? And he was going to win, and there was a debris ca- to quote debris caution. He was robbed, basically, and um, he was very upset about that. There's been other instances, but so now the drivers came out and said, "Hey, you know, NASCAR, you really be- need to be better about that." They were very vocal about it. So NASCAR really has done a great job letting these races play That's out true. how they should. But then you get races like today where you're like, "Dang, I just wish there was one more restart. If something had happened." Exactly. I mean, because I the know. restarts are are what makes Fontana so popular these days. And I mean, because they can fan out, uh, you know, four or five abreast when before they get into turn one, and that's always exciting. And some of the finishes we've seen in the last few years have all come down to you know late yellows. And we and I understand that. I think maybe one of the reasons we didn't see that today is because it's so darn cool. It's it's unusually cool here. Uh, for this time of year, normally you get a, it's going to be 70, 80 degrees. The track gets a lot slicker. And uh, today it was only in the mid-50s. Maybe, you know, that's one reason it didn't happen. So what's your best guess on what would have happened? If if Kevin Harvick didn't do that bizarre move, <laughs> I don't know what exactly. You know, we talked to him briefly after the race, and he said he was trying to side draft Larson and got too aggressive. Um, yeah, he took the blame. He did, but it was still, I don't, still don't, is his explanation. I don't know if his explanation matched up to what he was, what we well, saw in replay. Well, I think uh, Joey Logano basically said the same thing after the race. He said, I'm not sure if there's something between these two or what, he said, but I, because he was right behind them. Right. And he thought that was very odd that they were racing, you know, door to door, dooring as he was put it, um, that early in the, in the race. So I don't know. Yeah. Well, so anyway, so let's say that, that that hadn't happened. What, what's your best guess on, would, would Truex still have won? My best, uh, assuming there were no yellows, assuming the race played out the, the, simply the way it did with no yellows, 
Uh, I still think Truex would have won. I mean, it really, he would have been Harvick probably. It was a really darn powerful car that yeah. he had today. I, I mean, think you're probably even right. Kyle Busch didn't have anything for him. Logano didn't have anything for him. Um, but you never know. I mean, who's to say? He and, may and, not and have by won the by way, 11 seconds, though. And by, you were not by 11 <laughs> seconds. And by the way, you know, if you have the four in the mix, I mean, th- that can change all sorts of things in terms of strategy and everything else. So well, it's really a, it's a hypothetical. It's like a, it's like a, a little um, wrinkle in the time warp or whatever, <laughs> <laughs> you know, or you mess one thing up. And sure, I, I'm just... You know, you know, it's a good point, though, because, yeah. I mean, Keselowski said after the race, he said, no matter what, he had the fastest car, and he still has the fastest car. Right. Keselowski said, this doesn't change anything right. about how the season's going to go. The four teams still the fastest. And Harvick was the fastest all weekend. I mean, even Larson said, hey, from what I saw today, he was the fastest. Of course, right. Truex said, well, first pit stop, I pulled away from him, so that made me feel yeah. pretty good about myself. But Sure. Um, but all things being equal, yeah, maybe Harvick would have been up there in the mix, but then, you know, maybe Harvick would have gotten into it with somebody else, so who knows? <laughs> yeah, maybe he was just getting <laughs> antsy and needed more of a challenge, uh, since we know Harvick likes to have, uh, you know, be in a fight at times. But right. um, I think one thing, though, I, it's sort of a backhanded compliment, I would say, to Kyle Larson. How, how so? Well, I mean, I think one can make the argument, just from looking at it, that Larson was getting under Harvick's skin. Harvick didn't much appreciate that early in the race being, you know, I think he expected maybe to go by Larson and Larson would say, well, it's early in the race. I'll let him go. Larson had, would have none of it. And I think might have, you know, might have rankled Harvick a little bit. I think you're right. And that's why I say earlier, the explanation that Harvick gave, I don't know if it totally matches up with what we saw in the replay. Um, because it didn't seem to me that Kyle Larson came up the track at all. And it, it, it sort of reminded me of Larson getting it into Jimmy Johnson, I think, mm-hmm. last year a couple of times. Mm-hmm. And it was sort of like, yeah, he, he races these veteran guys pretty hard. And sometimes they expect somebody to just let them go. Or Well, and don't forget, Larson's the defending winner, I mean, of this yeah. race. So he's he had not, won four two-mile tracks in a row. He's not going this. anywhere. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so maybe that rubbed Harvick the wrong way that, that Larson was staying with him that early in the race. And he decided, okay, let's go. Yeah, well, it's it's interesting. Um, so at this point, you know, it was such a, a race so dominated by Truex. I don't really know what the other sort of sidebars were to this where we can take much out of it. But it seems like, you know, if I'm going to do like a power rankings just sitting here, I would say obviously Harvick's still number one. And I'm not going to put Truex up there just because of today. Truex is number two. Kyle Busch, number three. Um, you know, maybe then you throw in Larson, number four. And then either Keselowski or um, Logano, number five, would you agree with these? I would absolutely agree. I mean, I, I have no reason to disagree with you whatsoever on, on those picks. I thought one sidebar, of course, was Jimmy Johnson. I was very curious to see how well he would do here, um, given everything that, uh, given all the struggles they've had to really have a car uh, that has the speed necessary for him to actually win again. And if there's any track, I'm sure you would agree, where speed is just downright absolutely necessary it's here and um and he he did pretty well at the start you know he started 33rd he climbed his way and within the first 30 or 40 laps he climbed his way to the top 10 and he thought oh here we go maybe they've got something but he really couldn't get into the top five during the day and finished i think it was ninth yeah he so he finished ninth um i think he finished fifth in the first stage he may have finished fourth or third or something like that in in the second stage so he was um, he had some decent speed at times. He right. did. He was up there in the mix. I remember this one late, one of the restarts at some point, he almost looked like he had a shot at the lead. Right. 
Right. So and it was, you're like, whoa, where's this coming from? Exactly. But it was very short-lived. And so, um, but I, I think it shows that they seem to be heading in the right direction. Yeah. Um, any surprises? Uh, well, any I would surprises? say one surprise, you know, is, is uh, Eric Jones. He surprised I, you? Well, it, uh, what surprised me is, is that um, he's now finished in the top 10 in the last three consecutive races. Hmm. Actually, uh, he, I think he was 11th at Atlanta. So you can make, you know, I think it's 11th and higher in the last four races, oh. uh, which isn't bad. He's, of course, in the 20 uh, Toyota that, uh, you know, he took over for Kenseth. Uh, but he seems to be holding his own very well. Yeah, you're right. He um, finished, uh, what was it, seventh today? He finished seventh, and he's currently 13th in the points. So if you take away, uh, I think he wrecked Daytona, didn't he? I'm pretty sure he wrecked Daytona. Um, if you take away that finish, you know, he may be higher up there. The, the thing that blows me away is that Harvick is eighth in the standings. <laughs> we all, it's, all, it's all been Harvick all year, and yet he's right. behind seven drivers in the standings. Right. It's so weird. I know. It really just goes to show you how much stage points matter, I think, because he didn't get any stage points today at all. You know what else I was thinking about with regard to this race is, boy, there's something to be said for experience at tracks. I mean, if you think of the – what's the biggest highlight that Fontana has for the last few years? It's the, it's the, it's the year that we had the Logano hamlin mm. right crash at, right. In, in turn four. Kyle comes by. Kyle Busch comes by, wins the race. Hamlin breaks his back, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and sure enough, and, and then, you know, you had, uh, uh, sure enough, look, you've got the same group of guys running up front again today. Yep. What was that, three or four years later? Um, Kyle Busch, you know, Logano, Hamlin, uh, all right still there. So I think my point is simply that there's something to be said for experience at a particular track. And, and it's very interesting you point that out because I, I kind of forgot to note that in my column. Um, but I've, I've sort of been keeping track of this this year because as much as there was talk about the young guns and, and it's been like this every week so far, you know, once we got past Daytona, the veteran guys are the ones that Absolutely. are winning these races sure. and, and running up front. And, you know, Larson, I guess it's, it's, you, you can almost say he's, he has enough experience to not really be a young guy anymore. So right. if you, you have to go down to Eric Jones in seventh, maybe Ryan Blaney in eighth. And then, but aside from that, it's like you said, all the familiar faces, it, you know, the tweet up this morning, I'm talking to these fans and, uh, there's a lot of people out here that used to be Dale Jr. fans and I'm saying, so who, who are you picking now? Mm-hmm. And they're just, they just can't do it yet. They're waiting on a young guy to not only emerge as like a personality, but to show that they can win because they don't want to invest in somebody that's maybe not going to stick around, maybe not going to be mm-hmm. winning, maybe be miserable every week. Like you don't want to pick somebody, ah, that's our new guy. And like, let's say it's Bowman and then Bowman never wins. You're like, right. oh, well, you're absolutely right. And, and I think the case in point, it goes to the heart of what you're talking about is, is Bubba Wallace. Um, because what happened after Daytona, it was fascinating to watch say, on Twitter and other social media. And if you were watching the responses to the end of that race, you know, person after person said, "There's I haven't had anybody to root for, and now I'm going to root for you. I'm now a Bubba Wallace fan. I'm a, I'm a new fan, you know, blah, blah, blah. And you sort of, it goes to the heart of what you were saying about how people are waiting for someone both who is compelling as a personality, but who also can win. And there's the problem is that, you know, once they got away from Daytona plate race and they came back to earth, if you will, Bubba's having all sorts of problems, you know, and the 43 is sort of back to where it's always been, which is sort of middle of the pack. And I think uh, there's a lot of people hoping 
that he starts finishing in the top ten so that they can genuinely really be behind the guy. Yeah. I mean, I mean, the, the young ones today, they, they, you know, they serve themselves well. I mean, if you look at that, you know, you Jones seventh, you have um, Bowman thirteenth, Byron fifteenth, Elliott sixteenth. So I mean, you know, I mean, Byron they, did have a good day. They were in the top yeah. half, but they were nowhere close to winning the race. Mm-hmm. So well, and, and it's a really good point about Bubba because he, in some ways, was like the big star of the day as far as the celebrity attraction I was watching in the driver's meeting. The celebrities had heard of Bubba, and they were trying to get pictures with him. Migos wanted to pose with him. Mm-hmm. I know you didn't really care about Migos, but <laughs> I, I was all about that. I mean, three of the biggest rappers in a group, and, and they want to pose with Bubba. Um, you know, Ice Cube, all these people that are coming to the race, and it's like, oh, yeah, that's that guy. And they've seen the coverage. You know, he had broken through to the mainstream briefly, at least at Daytona. Right. And it's funny. I was even waiting for to interview him on Pit Road after the race today. And a fan, and you know, this never happens to, to drivers. A fan runs up and takes a selfie with him right next to his car right. as he's waiting to do an interview. I mean, there's, there's a star power there. Absolutely. Um, I was walking up and down Pit Road before the race started. And when I got to Bubba's uh, pit stall, uh, you know, person after person was stopping to have someone take their picture in front of the uh, the, the prick, you know, the, the, the machinery there in in the, in the pit stall. Wow. And um, not even his car necessarily, but like his car his, wasn't anywhere his around. His pit box, yeah, it was just his pit box. Wow, with the with the uh, with the forty three, so you can start to appreciate the pressure that this kid is under, um, because not only the whole notion of him being you know, African-American and, and being young and being with, you know, a legend uh, uh, with Petty. Now he's really got to perform. And every week that he doesn't finish in the top 10 or the top 15, um, what is he, uh, today? He's 20th. he's 20th again. You know, he's in 20th or lower. The pressure builds a little more and a little more. And um, so because he knows better than anyone that he has to start finishing routinely in the top 10 to sort of really generate the enthusiasm that, that he's been getting. Right. And I will say, I, I went and talked to him after the race, like I mentioned, and he was pleased that nothing crazy went wrong today. I mean, they had a, a solid day. No, nothing bad happened. But he's really looking forward to Martinsville because next week he's returning to Martinsville for the first time since he won the truck race there four years ago, and he's mm-hmm. very optimistic and feeling very good about it. Right. So maybe that could be another Daytona-like moment where, hey, he surprises he's running up there. Now, it's easier said than done because um, <laughs> he's never run a cup race there. Right. It's a whole different thing than winning a truck race, but he's very uh, excited about well, it. Well, that's so. one of the cool things about NASCAR is that they do go to all these other tracks. People have their you know strengths and weaknesses at, at different tracks, so... You know, we'll see. Yeah. So um, as somebody that's been coming here for years to Fontana, and and for those who don't know, um, Jim was on the racing beat for many years. Now um, you're back on the business beat, which is where you started. Correct. Um, One of the best business writers in America. Not (laughs) to your horn for you, but... um, Is this how you get people to come on your show? Well, I didn't even tell you I was going to say that. So, (laughs) but anyway, um, but you've been, you've been to all these, these races and... um, you know, what, what did you think of, of the crowd today? I, I guess maybe I expected a little bit more. I don't really know if that was touched on on TV or, or whatever. But, um, you know, I would say maybe it was like two-thirds full at, at the start, and then people sort of wandered around and left and things like that. And, and the, the stands have been reduced a lot. I, for, for a while, having the one race here, I thought it had sort of built the crowd back up. But I don't know. What, what did you think of the crowd? Well, I thought this, I, I, was, I was surprised that there weren't more people here. 
Um, you're absolutely right. It, it, just to refresh everybody's memory, uh, the place used to seat 92,000 uh, when they had two races. Then they went to one race. And then, like all the other tracks, they reduced their seating, and now it's 68,000. I imagine there maybe were 58,000 or 50,000 people here today. Um, I was surprised there weren't more. Um, now, the truth is, uh, writers have spent years trying to explain the crowds in, in, in Fontana and Southern California, and I've stopped trying. But I can tell you this. It doesn't look much different than what I've seen at the other tracks around the country for the last 12 months. It's about the same. And um, But I was disappointed because you're absolutely right. When they went to one race and we had those crazy finishes, word got around quickly it seemed to me, and they were more or less filling the place for a couple of years there. Um, so I'm not sure how to explain what we saw today. Well, I think that maybe, you know, there was two years, maybe three years there where the racing was unbelievable and it was some of the best races of the year. Um, and then all of a sudden, I think you've had a couple of years here where you're like, ah, maybe it's not as good. And this one probably won't help that. So, you know, it, 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 it doesn't go to, to its reputation. It doesn't make you want to come from out of state. Right. Well, and don't forget, I mean, you know, you know this as well as I do just from being around this place. You know, Jeff Gordon, uh, Tony Stewart, and Dale Earnhardt Jr. were immensely popular here. And you take them out of the equation, and I can't help but, but think that that's part of the reason. Sure. So, Jim, um, when everybody votes in my weekly Twitter poll about was it a good race, um, what what do you think? What's their prediction? Now, each week I ask a guest to make a prediction along with me to predict the yes percentage. I lost last week. I, mm. over, I was overly optimistic about what people would say about Phoenix, and my guest Dominic Aragon defeated me for the first time this year. I really don't <laughs> like losing to you, Tim, so I, I'm going to try extra hard here. Would you like to go first or you want me to go first? I'll be glad to go first. Okay. Uh, so I'm supposed to guess what percentage of your followers – Think, we'll think it was a good race? Correct, yes. 40% or less. Oh, you're going low. Yeah. You're going low. Yeah, I mean, I, I if, you, if you were to ask me, if I was to vote, uh, yeah, I didn't think it was, it wasn't a particularly compelling race. Especially, uh, well, you know, I mean, really, the only interesting part of it was when Harvick hit Larson, and that was that. Right. Wow. This is putting me in a tough spot because I was thinking that you would go overly high. Like you would think, oh, you know, it'll probably be, you know, 60 or something. But no, you're going ice cold 40%. I, I mean, what is the – what it, when, when people when, – when your followers don't like a race or when the majority does, what, what is the usual break percentage? Uh, probably – I mean, 40 to 50 is – it's probably about right. I mean, I so, can hedge my bets and say I'm sure it'll be less than 50%. Well, no, you can't do that. I can't do that. Okay, well, I'll stick with uh, my You're going to stick with 40. I'll go with – oh, man, now I'm really doubting myself. I'll go with 50. <laughs> I'll go with 50. And maybe we'll just see where it lands in the 40s, and I'll, I'll roll the dice and see if somehow it creeps up more toward 50. Because I don't want to say like 41 <laughs> and like box you in. Because yeah, I am not going to see you until the Indy 500, and I don't well, want you to be mad at me for a long time. I do know that your – Followers are very, very educated uh, fans, and uh, my hunch tells me that uh, uh, they know it just an okay race when they see it. They, they do, they do. That's true. Well, Jim, um, you know, I tell people to follow you at your at your Twitter account at Pelts LA Times, but I don't really think you're going to tweet much more. <laughs> NASCAR, so if you want, I mean, if, if you're into business stuff, 
follow you right. if you want business news. Right. Is that right. fair? That's very fair. Thank okay. you. Or you could just tweet Jim and tell him you enjoyed <laughs> listening to his, his voice on the podcast. But or just tell Jeff. <laughs> or just tell me. I'll pass it along. I'm one of his biggest fans. Oh, that's that's very nice of you. Thank you. The feeling's mutual. Well, everybody, I appreciate you listening. Um, speaking of Kyle Larson, Jim, he's my 12 questions this week. Very so good. So on Tuesday, the next podcast that's going to be on here is with Kyle Larson. Hope you guys will enjoy that. So thanks for listening. Until next time, talk to you later on the Untitled Jeff Gluck Podcast.